Lekutei Sichais, Chelek, Chof Beis, Parshas Shmini, Sicha Aleph. In this week's Torah portion, we are on the eighth day, following the seven days of inauguration of the Temple, beginning with the instruction Moshe gives to Aaron Akrein. Aaron is instructed to bring a sin offering and a burnt offering, a carbon chatas and a carbon oila, as well as a carbon shlomim, a peace offering. The Torah describes the offerings that Aaron brought as Moshe had commanded, and when he was done, the Torah tells us in Perak Tes, chapter 9, Posokhovbeis, verse 22, that Aaron lifted his hands towards the people, Vayavarachem, and he blessed them. He then descended from where he had prepared the sin offering, the burnt offering, and the peace offering. Rashi comments on this verse, beginning with the earliest portion, that tells us he blessed the people, and Rashi says, the priestly blessing. Rashi continues and says, These three words signify the three priestly blessings that the Kaihanim blessed the nation with, as is laid out for us in the midst of the positive commandment of Birchas in the portion of Nosei. Now Rashi's source for his explanation is in the Teres Koyenim and in several sources in Shas. And the explanation in these sources is that from this verse in Parsha's Shmini, we learn several laws relevant to the priestly blessing. Nachmanides, the Ramban, however, questions this saying that as Rashi explains only the literal intention of the verse, and the actual commandment for the priestly blessing is found only in the portion of Nasai, where we learn the three-part blessing, Yivarechacha, Yo'er, and Yisa, which Rashi quotes, makes this suggestion difficult to accept, according to the rule of Rashi that he explains only the literal intention of a verse. The Ramban seeks to answer this, suggesting that the portion of the priestly blessing though indeed transcribed much later in time in Torah, was actually given earlier. As indeed we read in the portion of Nasei, the verse that tells us that Moshe concluded setting up the Mishkan on the eighth day of the inauguration, follows the verse that tells us of the commandment of the priestly blessing that God gives to Moshe to relay to Aaron. But it's quite a stretch to suggest that this is what Rashi intends to teach here. Because if he did, then somewhere in Torah, Rashi would have indicated that this portion of the priestly blessing is not in chronological order of events, using his oft-quoted rule of Ein muktam umu'uchar b'teira. Torah is not chronologically specific. And if Rashi doesn't say this anywhere, and thus is of the understanding that the priestly blessing was not said until later in the portion of Nasai, then he would have had to explain it as the, Ramban, as the Ramban does, that in our verse, the word Vayavarachem is not the priestly blessing, but simply Aaron's blessing to the nation upon the completion of his inaugural service, like King Solomon, who blessed the nation when the temple was inaugurated. Commentaries say that proof that Vayavarachem means that Aaron gave the priestly blessing can be determined from the fact that only Aaron plus the nation. Moshe did not participate in this blessing as he did immediately after 
when the very next verse tells us they together bless the people. So say these commentaries that this tells us that this blessing had a unique connection to Arain, and therefore Rashi explains that it was a priestly blessing. On that day, Arain was taught the tabernacle service and the priestly blessing, which too is like divine service. But though there is room to here to suggest that this was specifically Arain's thing, it remains challenging to suggest that this is the priestly blessing. In addition to what we already said, that it is recorded in Torah, only later in the portion of Nasai. And it's difficult for three reasons. If thus what, this was the educating of Aaron to raise his hands in priestly blessing, a specific mitzvah commanding him to do so should have been stated here, just like Moshe educated Aaron in all the other priestly services on that day. The mitzvah of the priestly blessing is not only for the high priest, it's for all kehanim, and in that case, why didn't Aaron's sons participate in this blessing as they did in all other commandments of this day? And third, Moshe too served on this eighth inaugural day, as Rashi explains earlier in the portion of Pekude, where he says that on this day all were considered kehanim, so while Moshe may not have needed the instruction regarding the priestly blessing, why would he not participate in it? Certainly, as Rashi has told us, that Moshe performed all the services of the day. Let's look more closely at this Rashi that we are discussing. Rashi tells us that Aaron blessing the nation was the priestly blessing and then concludes the explanation with the three verses of blessing, Yivarechacha, Yo'er, Yisa. It's surprising, and indeed commentaries ask, why Rashi adds these three words, everyone, even children know what the priestly blessing is and that it consists of these three blessings. Even if we wanted to suggest, but we would be hard-pressed to do so, that instead of depending on the student to already know this, because perhaps the young student has not yet covered this lesson in his studies of Chumash, it would suffice for Rashi to just mention the first blessing, Yivarechacha. Why does Rashi mention all three? Commentaries respond to this saying that three blessings are actually a representation of the these three sacrifices that we are told that Aaron brought, a chatas, a sin offering, an oila, a burnt offering, and a shlomim, a peace offering. The blessing of Arechacha includes the blessing for God's guardianship from sin, reflecting the sin offering. The blessing of Yoer, the blessing for God, to shine his countenance upon us, to protect us from an impure thought, reflects the Eila offering. And the blessing of Yisa, a blessing that God turn his gaze towards you, concludes with the words and grant you peace, reflects the carbon Shlomim, the peace offering. Which teaches us that this blessing that Aaron gave was not like the blessing that King Solomon gave, but rather was the priestly blessing whose words and intention directly correlate to the sacrifices discussed in the verses prior. But it's rather difficult to explain Rashi this way, as the lesson regarding the blessings and the sacrifices that cor they correlate is only alluded to, and were this Rashi's intention, he surely would have made, made us aware of this in his explanation. So we don't have our answer just yet, and we're going to explore the second half of Rashi to help us get there. 
In the second Rashi on this verse, Rashi quoted the word Vayered and Aaron descended and explains that Aaron descended from upon the altar. The verse, however, tells us clearly that Aaron descended from the work of the sin offering. In other words, from the altar where the sin offering is brought, as the verse clearly told us. What does Rashi achieve with this explanation of he descended from upon the altar that we may not have understood on our own from the verse itself? There are commentaries that say that Rashi says this with the intention of ensuring that we do not think that he descended after he blessed them, because it's otherwise difficult to understand what purpose is there in the verse detailing the fact that Aharon descended from the altar, as itself understood that he would descend after concluding the sacrificial service. Hence, the point of telling us that he descended, say the commentaries, is to let us know that he descended from where he brought the sacrifices, which preceded blessing the people, and immediately upon descending, he blessed them. This explanation actually suits the explanation of the Tereskainim on this verse, where it's taught that this is a verse that is disordered. It should, in fact, have said, and Aaron descended from his service of the sacrifices, and he raised his hands and blessed the nation. But this explanation needs a lot of probing, because in addition to the challenge with the suggestion that this is a disordered verse, when the verse doesn't present this way literally, Rashi again makes no mention of this idea, which he would have done had this been what he intended, just as he does elsewhere in Torah. More significant, though, are the following two points. In the words from upon the altar, which Rashi adds to the verse in his explanation, there seems to be no alluding to anything. Rather, it reads like an explanation of the word, and he descended. He descended from upon the altar, just as the verse suggests, after the sacrificial service. Two, a blessing isn't part of the sacrificial work that Aaron had to do. So even without the words that tell us that he descended from performing his service, we would still understand that Aaron blessed the nation after finishing his service at the altar and once he descended from the altar. The explanation for all this is that with the words birchas koyanim, the priestly blessing, to explain vayavorachim, and Aaron blessed them, Rashi tends to say exactly that. Not that he was fulfilling the positive commandment to bless the nation, but he wanted to bless the people when he concluded his service and chose these verses with which to bless them, because the content of these verses reflected the blessings he wanted to bestow upon them. His desire to bless them with these blessings is self-understood. The point of the tabernacle was to draw God's presence down among the people, to rest among them. The everyday service of the eight days of inauguration were not sufficient to accomplish this. Only Aharon's personal service could achieve this, for as Rashi explains, Aharon was worthy that his sacrifices and service would draw God's Shekhinah within them, and they would know that God chose to rest among them. Hence, Aaron blesses them at the conclusion of his service. Moshe had blessed the nation when the building of the tabernacle was completed, blessing them with the words, May God's presence dwell in the work of your hands. Through the fulfillment of God's instruction, Make for me a tabernacle, 
God's presence should indeed rest among and within them. And so with the final service that would achieve this divine presence, the service of the sacrifices brought by Aaron, a blessing that this service affect its desired outcome is most appropriate. We might ask, but right after Aaron blesses them with a verse, the, with them, blesses them, excuse me, the verse tells us that Moshe and Aaron came and blessed the nation. And Rashi tells us what their blessing was. And the blessing is similar in content. So if Aaron's blessing was for the actualization of God's presence among them, why the need for another blessing for the same thing? But really, this is not a question at all, says the Rebbe. As Aaron's blessing was connected to his personal service, that his service achieve its outcome of drawing God's presence down, and the priestly blessing was apropos for this. However, Moshe and Aaron's blessing, which followed with the words, May the pleasantness of the Lord our God be upon us. May it be God's will that the Shekhinah rest in the work of your hands, was a general blessing as a conclusion to each and all aspects of the tabernacle service, as we can indeed see clearly in the wording of the blessing in its two portions. May the divine presence rest upon the work of your hands, the nation who built the Mishkan. And the words, may God's pleasantness be upon us, upon the service of the eight days of inauguration. Why was Aaron's unique participation of primary importance in achieving the drawing down of the divine presence? The Shekhinah could rest among us only when there was a complete atonement for the sin of the golden calf. As Rashi explained in the portion of Pekude that the tabernacle was called the tent of witness as it stood in witness of the fact that God had overlooked the golden calf for the sin and rested his Shekhinah among them. In fact, after the seventh day, when the nation observed that a fire had not yet descended from on high, they called out saying, all the work we did was so that God's presence would rest among us and we would know that we were forgiven for the sin of the golden calf. This was then achieved through Aaron's personal service. Hence, his first offering was a sin offering of a calf to make known that God forgives through this calf for the sin of the calf. And this takes us back to Rashi quoting the words, Yivarechacha, Yo'er, Yisa. For in these words of the priestly blessing, the three blessings of Aharon are emphasized. Yivarechacha, he, God, should bless you. First know this blessing is not for me. Because if it's from Aaron, there could be room for the argument that since Aaron himself was involved in the sin of the golden calf, how can he bless them that the divine presence dwell among them as a sign of forgiveness for the sin? And so Aaron begs God to bless them. With what? Yo'er, that the Shekhinah rest among them, that God show a kind and loving countenance to his people. And so that this continues and descends among the people he asks Yisa, turn your light towards them and your anger away and forgive them for the sin. Now we can understand Rashi's intention with the second half of his explanation on the word Vayered and he, Aaron, descends from the altar. Rashi intends to teach that only after he blessed them did he descend from the altar. He blessed them while still upon the Mizbeach, making clear to us that 
what he has taught us in the first explanation, that Aaron blessed him with the blessing of Birchas Kainim, doesn't mean the positive mitzvah, the priestly blessing that we receive in the portion of Nasai, because then it would be unconnected to the altar, but a special personal blessing connected to his service that was to bring God's presence among them. Hence, he remained where he was on the altar and blessed them from there. This is further enhanced with Rashi's explanation on the word Vayered and he descended from the altar. When we read the verse and the words, he descended from bringing the sin offering, it seems that the verse is telling us that Aaron completed his service. But he had already completed his service earlier, which makes this difficult to understand. And so Rashi explains that the intention of the verse is not to tell us that he descended after bringing the sacrifice, but that he descended from the altar. Only after blessing the nation, after Vayavarachim, did he descend from the altar. Rashi explains the intention of the verse as Aaron, after blessing the nation, descended from the altar, which he had gone up onto to bring the sacrificial offerings. What we cannot decipher from all of this is what Rashi's opinion was regarding Birchas Kainim for generations, whether it was to be fulfilled before the Ketiris offering or after, as is debated by many sages. Because the blessing of Aaron at this juncture on the Mizbeach was not to fulfill the mitzvah of the priestly blessing. Aaron chose this blessing, but his intention was something unique, dedicated to that day, connected to his unique service on the eighth inaugural day. And yet, even though Aaron's blessing was uniquely for that day, this blessing continues to bless all generations because his service caused the divine presence to return so that from then on, the Shekhinah is always here below with us which means that we always constantly have the energy of Aaron's blessings, even at night and even in the diaspora, where we do not have the opportunity of the daily priestly blessing, and it empowers us to traverse the dark exile until we once again experience the Shekhinah revealed in a manner of a Shachanti B'Seichem with a third Beis HaMikdash. May it be built hurriedly in our days, Mamash.